directly from space! People of Earth, I am Lure of the planet Nintendo 64. Tremble in fear at our three different kinds of ships. Hi there, and welcome to Baseball by Design. I am SportsLogos.net minor league baseball correspondent Paul Caputo, broadcasting live, as always, from the Sunday Helmet Hall of Fame in my basement in Fort Collins, Colorado. Today, we're going to be talking about the Great Falls Voyagers, who are named for a UFO sighting in Great Falls, Montana. I'll be speaking with Dan Simon of Studio Simon, who created the logo. You'll be hearing live from 1950 from Nick Mariana, the manager of the Great Falls Electrics at the time, who shot the 16 millimeter film that made the incident famous. And then Dan will be back again with another of his Studio Simon stumpers. Right now, I'm very happy to be joined by John Burks, who is the general manager of the Great Falls Voyagers. John, how are you doing? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing really well. I appreciate you hopping on and talking about this. This brand is so much fun. Like this, the little green alien guy, like this is such a, a great minor league baseball logo. I'll just I'll just ask you just sort of get started here, get it right off the bat. Like what's how come you guys are the Voyagers and how come you got a little green alien guy as your logo? Yeah, well, you know, everybody, when they think of Voyagers, you know, they think of Lewis and Clark and the voyage that they took throughout the Louisiana Purchase. You know, we like to tell people that um, Orbit, you know, crash landed here at the ballpark um, and he just, you know, enjoyed baseball, came from Planet Baseball. And he helped us, you know, change our name in 2008 to the Voyagers. So and that's one of the cool little stories that, you know, we like to tell the kids and the, the families out here. Um, but, you know, it kind of really started back in 1950. Um, Nick Mariana um, recorded 15 seconds of some of the most famous UFO footage um, that the uh, U.S. has seen. And you can still see that video on YouTube. So I would, you know, go check that out. It's pretty mm -hmm. cool. But that's kind of that's kind of how we got our, our name. We just, you know, we're a big, you know, kind of UFO place, you know, big military base. So that's just that's where the Voyagers came from. So how much a part of like the culture in Great Falls is that that UFO sighting? Oh, it's it's huge. I mean, baseball has been in Great Falls since like 1898, I think. And that incorporated with, you know, UFO sightings has been, you know, huge. I mean, we got the Air Force Base and it's just one of those things where they all kind of just come together and people enjoy it. People love Orbit. I mean, he's he's a fan favorite. Everybody loves him, obviously, more than the players. So it's it's great. How long have you been with the team? Uh, since 21. So this will actually be my third season. Oh, okay. All right. So all post-pandemic here. Orbit is kind of awesome, right? Like, and he's the last remaining minor league minor league lowercase, right? Because the Pioneer League is is not affiliated ball. It's independent ball. It's partner league. Right. It, but it's, you know, you don't see the alien logos anymore, especially after the demise of the Las Vegas 51s, uh, which was a, was a great logo. The, you know, but Orbit is such a great character, this like adorable little green alien guy. How has, you know, how has he embraced by the, the people of Great Falls? Oh, he's, he's adored by the people of Great Falls. I mean, as soon as he, you know, landed here in Great Falls, he was immediately welcomed. And that's, that's, you know, the community of Great Falls. That tells you everything you need to know about, you know, people in Great Falls, every, you know, people around it, you know, surrounding Great Falls. It's, he's just welcomed. He, he's loved by, you know, all ages. It's, it's great. 
you guys have a couple different versions of of the logo. You've got one that's just sort of like a planet with a baseball, you know, mm-hmm. ring around it, and then you've got the the letter V for Voyagers. The green and the red is is totally fun, like this lime green. It's it's all very yeah. sort of outer spacey. My favorite, of course, is the alien himself in the spaceship. Is there one that you find that the fans really gravitate towards? Is there one that people, you know, one particular logo people really like up there? Oh, it's definitely him in the in his spaceship. We call yeah. it the saucer logo. Yeah, they they love that. You throw that on any type of merchandise, and the fans just eat it up. That's that's their go to. They they love orbit, and you know we try to get him out into the community as much as possible and interact with you know, the kids, fans, it's, yeah, so they just gravitate towards him. Uh, I have to admit, I was a little bit devastated. I went to a game in Great Falls. I actually did not wear a hat into the ballpark because I was going to get Orbit. Uh, there was like a gray dad hat and it had Orbit on the front. And I was going to, I was going to get him on the, on the gray dad hat and they had sold out. And I was just like, oh, I'm going to have to go like get it online. And uh, and it's since been removed from the website. So I'm waiting for an orbit in the spaceship, the saucer logo. I'm waiting for that to show back up on a dad hat so that I can go grab it sometime. Yeah, we'll have to bring one back because he's he's so popular. And yeah, it's great. I'll, I'll definitely try to bring one back for you. <laughs> well, you don't have to do that just for me. But it was I remember <laughs> seeing it on the team store and I, like, I almost ordered it online. And I was just like, oh, I'll just wait till I get to the game. But that I mean, the sort of the larger story there is that I, you know, I, I took a, a Pioneer League trip with my kids. We saw three games in uh, Montana and then we went to Idaho Falls for a Chuckers game. And it was, you know, it's a it's a great league it's a great part of the country to have baseball in and you know i i live in colorado right like so i'm i'm aware of how little affiliated minor league baseball there is in in the mountain time zone so you all are sort of carrying it right now for minor league baseball we just have we have the northern colorado owls with a z here in fort collins they're just starting up in their new ballpark this season so What's that been like for for you all? Uh, you know, and, and understanding that you came on after that change happened, but like as a as a partner league, as an independent league, what's that been like for for you all to 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 bring that kind of baseball to essentially this entire time zone? Yeah, it's been great actually. I mean, the fans seem you know well receptive of it, even though we're not affiliated with uh white Sox anymore. Mm-hmm. But I also you know I tell fans, look, you can see these players year after year with. Um, with us being independent you know when we were affiliated with the White Sox you know we were just you know the rookie advanced Mm -hmm. so you'd have a lot of guys that would come in and out within you know a couple weeks months so it wouldn't be the same repetitive guy so their fan favorites would you know be gone after a season whereas you know now that we're independent with the Pioneer League it is a three-year max that you can play in the Pioneer League Mm. but they can see these guys you know all three years and you know that you have that repetitive nature and it's just been it's been great and it helps you know the fans stay interested and I think it's a little better you know quality baseball than rookie ball um just my personal opinion um you know we just get these guys out of college we try to develop them so they have the opportunity to go to affiliated ball because you know the draft I think it's now down to 20 rounds as opposed to, I think it was 40 to 60 at one point. Mm -hmm. So this just helps these kids prolong their baseball career and have an opportunity to, you know, go play, you know, affiliated ball. We actually, from 21 and 22, we actually have two guys that are actually playing in double a with the white Sox. So they started out, they started out with us um, at the end of the 21 season 
got signed by the White Sox in 22. So that's just kind of, that's just been great for us. It's, it's great to see that. So you all were named that the franchise was you know named for its parent club since 69, right? So the, yeah. uh, the, the previous team names are the Great Falls Giants, the Great Falls Dodgers and the Great Falls White Sox from 69 to 2007. There was the Great Falls Electrics from 48 mm-hmm. to 63. You guys ever like do like a throwback night or uh, highlight that Electrics uh, brand? So funny you should ask. We actually, every Friday home game now, we are actually throwing it back to the Electrics. So we will have an Electrics jersey. They're actually really cool, um, cool like royal blue jersey. We're throwing it back to the Electrics. And then at the end of the season, um, they're getting auctioned off to a great nonprofit out here in Great Falls as well. Um, so we actually are bringing it back this year. I'm super glad that I did ask that. Do where Where does that name come from? Do you know? Um, so we are the Electric City, and oh. we have, I think it's five electric dams um, in Great Falls that run along the Missouri River. So that's kind of where the electrics come from, where the where the Electric City. Michael Scott would have you think that the Electric City was Scranton, Pennsylvania, <laughs> the Electric City because of its electricity. Um, <laughs> but obviously, you know, the, the rebrand in 2008, you guys have been, you know, in minor league baseball terms, you know, this this Voyagers brand has lasted a long time, like for 15 mm-hmm. years for a brand in minor league baseball is a long time. Yeah. I love this one. It's created by Dan Simon, as you know. So he and he's one of my favorite designers in minor league baseball. I mean, he just does such great work. And so that the longevity of this one, uh, I've really enjoyed. Uh, is are there, you know, other plans or, you know, I always ask this for sort of longer term logos, like are there plans to update it or change it or, or you know, go through any sort of rebranding? So we've talked about just obviously not like completely rebranding, but we've talked about maybe updating the Orbit logo, um, mm-hmm. you know, maybe just creating a new design out of it. Mm-hmm. Still keeping our, you know, famous, you know, saucer logo. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's definitely, you know, designs. I mean, I talked to some of our staff here, maybe, you know, throwing, a, you know, a whole body on them at one point. So it's, it's definitely, you know, talked about and, you know, we'll definitely, you know, kind of see where it goes in the next couple of years. What would what would Orbit's body look like? Would he have like a big head and a little body? Do you have any thoughts, or would he be all tentacles? What I, I'm curious to know what his body looks like. No, he would look, you know, human. He'd have two arms and two legs. Um, we're actually doing some plush dolls this year, so he's going to be wearing one of our jerseys. So I mean, I feel like he, you know, look like our plush doll is going to look this year. <laughs> I'm excited about that possibility. I love the idea of of seeing a full full body orbit here. So because we only ever get to see essentially like the top of his head in his little space saucer there. So there's there's a lot of room to play. So that is oh, totally yeah, fun. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of room to play. You know, I'd like to do a parody where we you know abduct um, the other Pioneer League mascots and do something <laughs> with that. Uh, since you know we are you know probably the only I think the only alien themed minor league team. So. Yeah. I think that would be kind of a little cool and just make fun of some of the other teams around the league. Just, you know, you know, Absolutely. Just, just good, just good fun. That is totally fun. So do you guys, speaking of the other teams, you know, if you're going to be abducting other logos uh, or other mascots, are are the Montana teams, is that where the rivalry is? Is it Billings and Missoula? You know, you're going to be abducting the moose from Missoula. Oh yeah. So yeah. I mean, huge rivalry with all the Montana teams. It's it's great though. I mean, we have four teams on in Montana. Kalispell oh, right. just added added a team last year. They're the Glacier Range Riders. So right, actually of course. Pretty, 
pretty cool name um, and mascot they have there. So, yeah, I mean, it's a big, big rivalry. I mean, we have fun, you know, kind of going at each other on Twitter and stuff like that. Absolutely. Well, I have to say that my uh, my my daughter just started college. Well, she's a she's just finishing her freshman year at uh, at Gonzaga. I'm in Fort Collins, and so of course to get to Gonzaga and back, I'm coming through, uh, coming through Montana all the time. There. Yeah. So definitely going to find a way to incorporate some some baseball games into uh, into that process. So really, is such a fun fun brand and fun team. And the backstory of the the UFO sighting is, you know, such a, a fun one. I have to ask you before I let you go. In your three years there, have you uh, seen anything you can't quite explain in the skies? There's been a couple things, uh, nothing, nothing too crazy. You know, I feel like, you know, the military base keeps pretty safe out here, but it's All right. nothing, nothing like, uh, Nick Mariana saw back in 1950, nothing, nothing like that. Awesome. John, thank you so much. Where can people find the team online and on social media? Yep. Yeah, uh, just go to gfvoyagers.com. We have, that's our website. We've got all the, all of our game schedules up there. Um, and then just on, Facebook, GF Voyagers, and Instagram, GF Voyagers. So, right. yeah, come check us out. We've got, you know, great new promotions that we're doing this year. So it'll be it'll be a fun season. Well, I can't wait to see the electrics jerseys this season. Okay. And I uh, can't wait to stop by the ballpark on one of my trips back and forth to eastern Washington uh, at some point in the coming years. Perfect. We look forward to having you. Thank you, John. All right, everyone, welcome back. You know how happy it makes me to welcome Dan Simon of Studio Simon to the Baseball by Design podcast. You recognize Dan from many episodes of the podcast. He's been contributing the Studio Simon stumpers at the end of each episode. But obviously, the way Dan got involved with this podcast was talking about the many awesome logos that he has done. I think the first one we did, Dan, of yours was the Daytona Tortugas, which is one of my all-time favorite logos ever, though I've stopped naming favorite logos but we've covered lots of your brands before. We've done the Canapolis Cannonballers, obviously the Savannah Bananas, the Hillsboro Hops, which are another favorite of mine, the Erie Seawolves. What else have we done? We've done it a dozen or more. I Off the top of my head, I know we did the Toledo Mud Hens, with, which yeah, was a really cool episode because you had Jamie Farr on as well. That was a cool, nice uh Nice job. That was, that was episode four. I just reached out to Jamie Farr and, and said, Mr. Farr, he he and I spoke for a sports logos article, so I already had his contact information. And I said, hey, would you mind doing a, uh, a an audio recording? And he said, no, absolutely not. And so we set it up on Zoom, and he kept telling me how old he was. He kept saying, I'm 80-something years old. And I said, it was nice to – I said, it's nice to speak to you, Mr. Farr. And he said, well, at my age, it's nice to speak to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, it was uh... – it was a coup for you and a coup for him as well, because uh, that podcast um, re revived his career. I think that's true. A lot of spring break movies with Jamie Farr in them since uh, he <laughs> appeared on the Baseball by Design podcast. Dan, we are here to talk about one of my favorites. I know I say that every single time we talk about one of your brands, but one of my favorites of your brands is the Great Falls Voyagers, who have, I think, I think this little alien character can only be described as adorable, right? Orbit in, in a little that flying is saucer little green guy and he's you know he's he's out there in his flying saucer in a part of the country where there was a famous ufo sighting and so that's part of the double entendre of this this nickname voyager because obviously there's the historical french trader 
voyageurs who were uh, famously explored that part of the country. But the, the, this nickname is based off of the little the little green guy orbit and the famous UFO sighting. So this must have been a fun project for you. Yeah, yeah, it sure was. Um, the as I mentioned in previous appearances as a guest on your podcast, um, I think by now, Dan, it's our podcast. <laughs> thank you for including me in the plural hour, but it's your podcast, and I'm just riding on your coattails. So that um, is oh. the, the scent. The idea of Dan Simon riding on my coattails is ridiculous. But anyway, so as we've discussed previously on the podcast, uh, yeah, what what I was what I was about to say was one of the things, one of the many things I enjoy about what I do is the fun of the research and the things I learn. And this UFO sighting on which the identity is based is a quote unquote famous UFO sighting, maybe, maybe the most famous, but I'm not a UFO aficionado, so I had never heard about it. But because of baseball and because of sports branding, which is my profession, I learn about this thing and it doesn't make me an expert on it, but I, I, I might not have ever heard about it were it not for that. One of the things I uncovered in that research is the, well, first of all, the reason Great Falls is called Great Falls is because they've got falls in the river that runs through what is now modern day Great Falls, Montana. And when Lewis and Clark were on their expedition, they they ended up spending a month in Great Falls. It wasn't called Great Falls at the time, I don't think. But they um, they ended up spending a month there because their boat could not make it through the falls. So they had to, there's a word for this, um, for, not forage. Portage. Uh, Portage, thank you. They had, which means they had to get the boat out of the water. And this was not a boat like a, a, a cruise liner, but it was a relatively big boat that had um, a lot of supplies and people in it. And so they had to empty out the boat. Then they had to carry all of those supplies, and if not carry it on their backs, you know, with horses or wagons or whatever they used. Um, not just the supplies and the people, they had to carry the boat around the, these falls. And that whole thing took so much time, I guess, because it's not like there were paved roads that they could take this on. And so they, they spent a month there. And in their journals, they, uh, when I did my research, I, I found some of their journals, not the actual journals, but online, some of the things they wrote in their journals. And amongst other things that they wrote about, they talked about the, the mosquitoes that mm. were prevalent at that time of the year, must have been the middle of the summer. And But they didn't refer to them as mosquitoes. They referred to them in their writing as skeeters. Skeeters. And so that was one of the names that I had pitch to them as possibility. And that's the first name that, so what I'm saying is the fun of the research. I learned things about the Lewis and Clark expedition. I'd heard of the Lewis and Clark expedition, but I didn't know any of the specifics of it or few of the specifics of it. And here I learned about their time in Great Falls and why they had to spend a month there. So I pitched that name to them. That's the one they chose. The whole identity was done in the can. 
And then somebody who worked at in the Great Falls front office was talking to her daughter who went was in college at the time uh, in one of the Carolinas, North or South Carolina, I don't recall specifically which one, and was very excited to tell her daughter about this new identity that they were going to be unveiling that week. And the daughter said, you can't name the team the Skeeters. And the mother said, well, why not? And she said, do you not know what Skeeters means? Now, I'm not going to say this on the for, on this podcast, even though uh, we, we can probably curse on this podcast if we want. This is not a curse word, but if, if you listeners go to um, Urban Dictionary oh, and boy. look up the term Skeeter, you will see that it actually has a filthy connotation. Oh, no. And a, Dan Simon after dark here. Oh, no. This is a... Uh, no, I, I should point out, as you are telling this story, that this identity that you created uh, was unveiled in 2008, and the Sugarland Skeeters were 2012. So the Sugarland Skeeters did not exist yet at this point, and they did not have anyone's daughter uh, to tell them about Urban Dictionary, and so Sugarland Skeeters just went ahead and went with it. Well, but that's part of the story. So thank oh, you. Excuse for, me. For, Sorry. No, 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 not excuse me. Thank you for bringing that up because what I said to the team was, well, first of all, I had no idea whatsoever that there was a filthy connotation to that to that word. But if you go to Urban Dictionary, I guarantee you, you take practically any word, and there is a there is a a, a connotation that the youth of today have have attached to that word. It's actually kind of crazy. So I had no idea. Nobody on the team had any idea. And I tried to say to them, look, you're you're good here. And they just said, no, we don't want to, this is a big deal for us. We don't want to, uh, after being named after our parent club and coming up with our, for all these years and coming up with with our own unique name, we don't want there to be any negativity attached to it. We don't want somebody to say, "Hey, do you know what this what this word means to to a certain group of people out there?" And so I said, "Okay," and and we ended up maybe it's all's well that ends well because I think we got a pretty darn good identity um, in its place. But several years later, the Sugarland Skeeters came out and. If if anybody said anything about it, I didn't hear about it. But then again, I didn't create the identity. Um, yeah. Randy Ghost did, but it, it didn't. It, there was no negative backlash because yeah. of that name. And so, um, Skeeters, I think, could have it could have done well in Great Falls. Um, I went and looked it up just now, Dan, too. So I had I had to I had to look it up while you were talking because I'm you know. Obviously, I do these recordings at home rather than work, so it was safe for me to look this up at home. But uh, I don't know. I, I don't recommend it. But if you're curious, do as <laughs> do as Dan suggests and go go look up uh, Skeeter on Urban Dictionary. Yeah, it's it's uh, who knew. Hey, yeah. I know we're here to talk about the Great Falls Voyagers, yeah. and I've got another story about the Skeeters, which blows my mind. Just recently, now you said the the. The Voyagers was done, did you say 2007? The, the Voyagers, uh, their final season as the Great Falls White Sox was 07. Their first year as the Voyagers was 08. Okay, so so we probably worked on it in 2007. 
and then it came on field 2008. So 2007, do the math, that's 16 years ago. Did I do the math correctly? Yes, I believe I did. <laughs> I think so. And but a lot so of people I, are listening to this podcast years from now, Dan. This is, I mean, <laughs> some people are listening to the whole back catalog and it's like 2029 right now. Okay. Math is not that important. I had mentioned that the whole identity was done and in the can. It was done to the extent that we had the, the sample caps, the, the cap embroidery was done, the caps were done. Um, uniforms weren't done yet because the team wasn't ready to take the field, but I guess they, 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 we still had to go through the process with New Era to have the caps done. And back then, the director or vice president of creative services at Major League Baseball was a woman named Ann Osi, who was in that position for years and years. Um, and everything that minor league baseball did, new team identities had to be run by her. So I, um, I was told by the people in the minor league offices that when Ann Osi saw that, she, she loved she loved the character on the cap. She loved the cap so much. So even though the identity didn't, we didn't move forward with that identity, I asked New Era if they would make me two caps, <gasps> one for me, because I couldn't now buy one because yeah. we weren't selling, the team wasn't selling them, one for me and one for Ann Osi. Oh. So I, I had those two caps made. I sent the one to Ann Osi and said, I heard how much you love this. I, I wanted you to have this cap. Fast forward to, to last year, and somebody direct sends me a direct message on Instagram with a photo of a Great Falls ski, that Great Falls Skeeters cap, and says, now I had never made this identity public. Yeah. So no one knew that I did that. So this person who I don't even know, I don't even, it's not a friend of mine. It's just somebody who, who, um, who DM'd me on, on Instagram, sends this photo. He says, I saw this at a, um, like a Goodwill or something like that. Come on. And, 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 I, and, and I bought it. Do you know anything <laughs> about it? And I DM'd him back. And I said, are you effing with me? Like, <laughs> you, like th is this real? Because there's only two of those caps in the world. Yeah. I have one of them. And I said, not only do I know what that is, but... I did that. Here's the story behind it. And there were, you have one of only two caps in existence with that. That I'm not saying it's great because I did it, but the rarity of that. Absolutely. And the, the fact that this guy would, would blindly DM me to see <laughs> right. if I knew anything about it. And I'm the guy who did it. What are the odds of that? I'm blown away by this story. I, I, I love this story so much. So I do have some questions for you about the Great Falls Voyagers, and I love. Oh, you want to talk about that as well? <laughs> so when we, um, the listener doesn't know this through the magic of editing, but this interview got started a little bit late because Dan, in your words, you spaced, which I thought was <laughs> was a perfect uh, term to use on this episode since outer space is such a a key factor of it. But you know, you talk about what you have learned about America, and you know, through all of your research through these different projects, this UFO sighting story is really a, a, a. And I'm in the same boat as you are, right? Like I didn't know this story until I started researching this team for the Sports Logos article that I wrote. But this UFO sighting is fairly famous, and it's notable for the baseball team because it was recorded by a the the coach of the team from the baseball field. 
And so it's, you know, it's pretty fun. It's fun connection to, to this team. Obviously there's an air force base right there. There's lots of, you know, explanations for, you know, what, what this could have been and how it could have been. And the video is fairly blurry, but it's a fun story and it's a fun connection to the baseball team. How, how deep did you go down that rabbit hole while you were researching this team? Sorry to be, uh, to, to correct you, but the individual who, who saw these UFOs and filmed them was, he wasn't the coach. He was the GM of the team. His name oh. was Nick, Nick Mariana. And the reason he was, he saw them was it had rained overnight and he was out. He went out to the field just to check the playability of it. So he's out there. This is August of 1950. It's, I don't know. They were probably, you know, keep in mind back then there were a lot of day games were played. So this is sometime in the morning and probably getting ready for who knows a one o'clock start. And he sees these two flashes up in the sky. Um, and runs to his car where he happened to have had a 16 millimeter movie camera, gets that out um, and is able to capture 16 seconds. So 16 is the operative number here. 16 seconds worth of footage of these, these UFOs in, in the sky. And uh, there were, you, you mentioned there's a, um, an Air Force base right near there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the first thought was these could have been, um, you know, they had fighter jets there. Mm -hmm. uh, it, 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 these could have been, it wouldn't have been unusual to have that, but at least to him, he was saying, no, these, this, I've seen fighter jets before. This, these things were like spinning objects in, in the sky. So there's, there was, and still is a lot of speculation regarding what they saw. If anybody's been reading the news lately, there's an increased talk recently over the past year about UFOs. You know, of course, we had those silver balloons in 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 the sky, the, the spy balloons. But we we know what those were. But in recent years, we're talking about it more than we we used to. So, sure. um, and and who who knows? Um, I, you know, one of the things that I read was that um, it was determined that these were reflection, those two objects, the spinning things were reflections from two F-94 fighter jets. May have been, but we'll, we'll really never know. And there were, there were investigations done. Um, you know, the Air Force did an investigation. There was, there was a lawsuit about it and mm. all different kinds of things. It, it was this whole big thing, which is one of the reasons why it's one of the most famous UFO sightings. Also, it was the first UFO sighting where there's filmed footage of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, not a lot of people happen to have 16 millimeter movie cameras <laughs> close by. Um, you know, think about this too. Not only was that camera close by, but it was... Um, by the time you see something, it could be gone a moment later. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. for him to be in the stadium and then have to run outside to the parking lot or wherever his car was to film this, you know, there's a passage of time there and he was still able to capture 16 seconds of it, which is kind of amazing regardless of what those things were. Because if right. they're fighter jets, they're in and out in a heartbeat, you know? So this, this story, this brand is based on an incident that could unlock one of the great ineffable mysteries of humankind and and the universe and the brand that results from it is 
as we said when we first started talking, an alien, a little green alien guy who can best be described as adorable. Like he's 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 really quite cute. What was your thinking in taking this this mystery of this this video and creating this character that you can't see that much of because he's in his little spaceship? Like his head's almost as big as his spaceship. So it wasn't like a 51s style sort of menacing big gray alien head, right? Like it was more of a sort of cartoonish character. Uh, what was your what was your thinking in creating this this sort of fun fun little guy? Minor league baseball is about you'll hear you'll hear operators of minor league teams saying our job is fun family entertainment or minor league baseball is fun family entertainment with, with baseball as the conduit to that mm -hmm. so but the the emphasis is the baseball's there but if it's not fun and if it's not appropriate for the family you're you're not doing your job in in minor league baseball and so with identities I've done, there are some of the characters that I've done that are a little tougher than others. I don't know if any of them are ever menacing per se, but you know, just in looking around and speaking of all the caps here in, in my office, um, you know, the Bradenton Marauders mm -hmm. pirate, he's got big gritted teeth and the eerie sea wolves wolf. Even though he's got a little bit of, I don't know, sparkle in his eye, he's he's also he he's not smiling per se, but none of them are menacing. So because of what I mentioned about, you know, this has to be appropriate for men, women, children of all ages. And so I wanted to make this uh I I didn't want to make this a, a an alien who's coming to to do evil. It's more one that we like E.T., you know, not that he looks like E.T. because he doesn't. Right. Or she, who knows if it's a he or a she. <laughs> right, um, right. But uh, we love E.T., don't we? We do. So we do. Just want him to be as lovable as E.T. One of the, the, you always ask about, like, what were some of the challenges? One of the challenges I ran into was I wanted him to have one eye. And oh. I wanted him to... His, I wanted him to be made of a baseball and, and he, he was going to be green because, you know, that's, sure. I, I suppose Martians can be other colors, but stereotypically they're that color. And that was the color it, in my mind's eye, it was going to be all along. When I sketched it out, as soon as I sketched it out, think about it, circular shape, big eyeball in the middle, Monsters Inc. Mm -hmm, Mike mm -hmm. Wazowski. Yeah. yeah. Mike really Wazowski. Character. It was, I had this picture in my head. This is what it's going to look like. As soon as I was out of my head and onto paper, can't do that. So <laughs> my first thought was, darn, you know, yeah. I want this guy to have one eye, but he's, he or she, it has two eyes. Mm -hmm. And I think that might even make him a little more adorable than the one-eyed version. Well, Dan, this has been more fun than I even thought it was going to be. You know, I've been been wanting to feature this brand for a long time, so it's uh, it's really fun to finally get to sit down and talk about it. Little did I know we were going to spend as much time as we did on the the erstwhile Great Falls Skeeters. I can't wait to see some of those those images of that brand. You're going to be back in a few minutes with a uh, Studio Simon Stumper, so we're not saying goodbye. We're just saying uh, see you shortly here. But Dan, thank you. Uh, and as always, folks can find you on Instagram 
at studio underscore Simon and on Twitter, not at all because you are making what is looking to be the increasingly smart choice not to be on Twitter right now. I would have lost my blue check. <laughs> yes. Yes, you would have. Dan, thank you so much. We will see you in a couple minutes. See you. Bye. Hi, friends. It's Paul. Normally on the show at this point, I try to bring in someone who has a unique perspective on the logo and nickname that we're featuring each week. This week, from the Great Falls History Museum, I am bringing you a video that you could actually find on YouTube. It is Nick Mariana himself talking about the UFO incident that the team is named for. This is from a 1956 film called Unidentified Flying Objects, The True Story of Flying Saucers, and has Nick Mariana himself talking about the 1950 sighting that he caught on 16 millimeter film. This film was shot August the 15th, 1950. It was taken in Great Falls, Montana by Nick Mariana. Immediately after we were notified of the sighting, we sent an intelligence man to get a first-hand report. My name is Nick Mariana. For the past six years, I've been the general manager of a minor league baseball club called the Electrics. We play out of Great Falls, Montana, and are a farm club of the Brooklyn Dodgers. On August 15, 1950, at Legion Ballpark in Great Falls, Montana, after a couple of hours in the clubhouse office, I went up into the grandstand to call the groundskeeper. As I reached the top of the stairway, I glanced northward to the tall Anaconda Copper Company smokestack to check the direction of the wind from the white smoke. Force of habit, I suppose, because our outfielders use it as an indicator on defensive play. As I looked up, I saw two silvery objects moving swiftly out of the northwest. They appeared to be moving directly south. The objects were very bright and about 10,000 feet in the air. They appeared to be of a bright, shiny metal, like polished silver. Both were the same size and were traveling at the same rate of speed, which was much slower than the jets which shot by shortly after I filmed the discs. Suddenly, they stopped. It was then I remembered the camera in the glove compartment of my car. I raced downstairs, yelling for my secretary, Miss Virginia Ronnie. The distance from the top of the stairway to my car is about 60 feet, and I must have made that in about six jumps. I asked my secretary if she saw anything, and she said, yes, two silvery spheres. I unlocked the glove compartment of my car, took out the camera, turned the telephoto lens on the turret into position, set the camera at F-22, picked up the objects in the viewfinder, and pressed the trigger. The discs appeared to be spinning like a top and were about 50 feet across and about 50 yards apart. I could not see any exhaust, wings, or any kind of fuselage. There was no cabin, no odor, no sound, except I thought I heard a whooshing sound when I first saw them. As the film clicked through the camera, I could see the objects moving southeast behind the General Mills grain building and the black water tank directly south of the ballpark. I filmed the objects until they disappeared into the blue sky behind the water tank. It's time once again for our favorite segment on the Baseball by Design podcast. It's Studio Simon Stumpers. Dan, welcome back. We were just talking moments ago about this brand, and now we're here to to have a, a, your weekly trivia question, this time about a brand that you created. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this. 
again, always curious to see where you're going to take these these trivia questions. Well, you are correct, of course. Since I've been a guest on this uh, on this episode, we we know that I developed the brand identity and came up with the name. I and you mentioned the character named Orbit, yeah, um, which is also the name of their mascot, uh, and. I did not come up with that name. I created the character. I created the the mascot artwork, but the the mascot was either named by the team or I named the team contest one way or the other. I'm not sure. So um, mascots can sometimes really be a very big part of a team's brand identity, whether the designer who did the logos and lettering designed the mascot or not doesn't matter. They're, a, a team's brand identity is more than just their their visual uh, logo assets. Um, examples of, of mascots that are, are big parts of a team identity, your Philadelphia Phillies, the Philly Fanatic, uh, Mr. Met, um, Bernie Brewer. Uh, speaking of the Brewers, you've got the Brewers racing sausages. That's a big part of, of the Milwaukee Brewers identity, as are the the Washington Nationals racing presidents. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and they're the same in 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 minor league baseball. Uh, I used to live in Los Angeles, and one of the teams I would go see regularly was were the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes. Oh yeah, and their mascot Tremor was a huge part of that team's identity. I'm sure is to this day. And now, when it comes to mascots. There are so many of them that that it's going to happen that more than one team it might have the same name for their mascot. And this has happened a number of times in minor league baseball, examples being the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs and the Aberdeen Ironbirds both have mascots named Ferris, which mm. is a term for iron. Mm-hmm. Um, the Memphis Redbirds and Wil- Wilmington Blue Rocks have mascots named Rocky. The Tennessee Smokies and the Atlanta Braves have mascots named Homer. And it turns out that the Voyagers are not the only team to have a mascot named Orbit. So our studio Simon Stumper today asks, which of these teams also has or had a mascot named Orbit? Okay. Is it A, the Las Vegas 51s, that would be in the had category, B, the Albuquerque Isotopes, that would be in the has category, or C, another in the has category, the Rocket City Trash Pandas. Uh, the Houston Astros have Orbit, right? Isn't the Houston Astros mascot named Orbit? So I was, yes, you, you, you so didn't that, go there. Um, yeah, I wanted to keep it in minor leagues. So all right, this is this is one Dan that. You know, normally I'll do the whole like let's talk this through. Like I'm a contestant on the the million dollar pyramid. What was that? The yeah, the um, something like who wants to win who a million? Who yeah, wants who to wants be to be a millionaire? Who wants to be a millionaire? So I, I feel like you got to like talk through it and pretend like you're trying to, you know, figure it out. And and I and I sometimes will have to talk through these. This is not one of those, Dan. This is one where I'm going to base my answer on actual ex- lived experience and actual knowledge of the the answer for this question. And before you give the answer, I want to say one of the things I liked about this question was in some of the ones I I do, you, you can't already know the answer mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. 
but you do a good job of sussing sussing it out. In this case, I thought there was a chance you might know. Right. Because two of the teams are existing teams and you've gone to a lot of right. games. You might have been to these, although you haven't been to the Rocket City Trash Pandas. Not yet. yet. Not that might yet. happen soon. It could um, be. Uh, but and Las Vegas 51's probably not. Although tell me, have you been to a 51? I've been to several 51's games at okay. uh, Old Cashman Field. I happen to know that their mascot was named Cosmo. Okay, so uh, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, so yeah, the 51's mascot was named Cosmo. I've interviewed Tony Canapa for a couple episodes of the podcast, and uh, he actually played Cosmo uh, in Las Vegas, which is fun. I don't know what the name of the Rocket City Trash Pandas. Uh, mascot is, but I can tell you that the name of the mascot in Albuquerque, I've been to five, six games in Albuquerque. They have an orbit. I have a souvenir plastic cup with orbit on it with a big orbit text across the the top of the plastic cup. So I can tell you from actual lived experience that the answer to this question is B, Albuquerque isotopes. Okay. See, that pleases me greatly because I'm not we, we've talked about this before. I'm not looking to stump you. It's not like, how, how am I going to trick Paul into answering incorrectly? I want you to get them right. This one, I realized there was a chance you could, would already know it, but not necessarily. So this is like any trivia. You know, you watch Jeopardy. When mm -hmm. you know an answer, you feel really good about yourself because that information's already in your head and you think you're smart because right. maybe you are. Uh, <laughs> you like, you like th we like thinking we're smart. And so I really... I'm very pleased that you you were able to get this one because you knew it. So, but the one thing you didn't know was the name of the Rocket City Trash Pandas. Yeah, who's that? Uh, Sprocket. Sprocket is the name. Yeah, that, that I now that you say it, it's it sounds familiar. I have heard that before, but I would not have been able to pull that from the recesses of my brain. Um, this is not a trivia question, but um, do you know what planet the Great Falls Voyages orbit mascot? is from what well, is it planet baseball i was gonna say planet baseball is that what it Were is you okay, i was i was it. gonna say planet baseball that's what it is planet <laughs> baseball so okay hey this was fun i've got a big i i often say that because this is an audio medium you can't see what we're talking about here but i've had a big smile on my face for this. for all of this. This has been real fun to talk about both the previous segment and the stumpers. So this, thank you once again for including me in one of the best podcasts on the podcast sphere. Dan, it's always a pleasure. You're too kind and it's so much fun to have you on the podcast and we'll see you back here next week for another Studio Simon Stumper. See ya.